0: Welcome to a special episode of the Apple Insider Podcast. We're going to go even deeper on the iPad Pro and the 10th generation iPad because someone is on the show today who has them. And right now we can talk about the official review. Jason Aten, thank you for returning to the show.
1: Yeah, no problem. It's It's been a little while, but uh, it's, always a, it's always a pleasure, though. I know that I only get invited when I have something to offer, but that's No, okay. no, listen. I'm just well, you, kidding.
0: First of all, you're a regular on the year-in-review episodes, and, you know, I, I, I don't want to ask you too often to be on the show, and so, you know, I figured once a year, you know, it's not overextending yourself.
1: No, that this is great. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks for being on the show, and it's great because you have the iPad Pro and the 10th-generation iPad in your possession. You have a great review on Inc.com. It'll be a link in the show notes. And you talk about the uh, camera on the iPad Pro placement. We're going to talk about that. We discussed all the announcements, Wes and I, on Friday's episode. But I thought this would be fun because you have the devices, you had an official review, and I can hear from you directly. And so I am correct, and you have both the 10th generation iPad and the new iPad Pro in hand, right?
1: Not only is that the case, I have so many iPads right now, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have one in front of me of every size iPad that Apple makes. Just just to be clear. I have.
0: Does that include the mini?
1: I have an iPad mini in front of me. I have two older iPad Airs that are like the touch you know button version or the home button version i have an the m1 ipad air right i have an m2 ipad pro 12.9 inch an m1 ipad pro 11 inch and a 10th generation ipad so if i get a little confused you're gonna just have to bear with me
0: (laughs) Well, and this was something we talked about on Friday was when you look at Apple's current life, just what Apple sells, you can go to apple.com and buy any of these iPads right now. You have the $329 ninth generation home button iPad still for sale, brand new. You have the new 10th generation, 10.9 inch iPad. That's like the iPad air, but not. You have the iPad air M1, which is the third. You have iPad mini as a fourth model, the 11 inch iPad pro which is a separate thing from the 12.9 inch because the XDR mini LED screen did not come to the 11 inch. So each one is very, very slightly different in more and more awkward ways. That's the, yep,
1: awkward ways. Yes, that's that's it right there.
0: <laughs> so let's talk about the iPad 10th generation. We, we called it the 10.9 inch because this is like the, the regular base model iPad is in this weird situation where if you just say iPad, it, it feels like that's meaningless now. Like you can't just say iPad because it could mean so many different models. So the 10.9 inch, the 10th generation, well, there were lots of changes on this model, but the Apple Pencil is kind of like the weirdest situation. And so I imagine you got sent that, did they send you one of those Apple Pencils and adapters too?
1: Yeah, so here was the funny thing that I didn't realize was going to be the case, but everyone was laughing about the size of the adapter, but the adapter is literally just a female to female plug. And you have to supply your own USB-C cable to connect to the device. And no, no, okay. what I don't know for sure, because I have not, well, I could try it right now, but is I don't think, yeah, you can't actually use it while it's plugged in. Everyone's like, oh, it's like one of those pens at the bank where it's like connected to the wire. No, you have to charge it up and then use it. And, and use it. I had never used an original Apple Pencil before I've used, I have about, well, I have a lot of these second generation ones because we've gone through a lot of iPads. Right. Um and those are like you just snap it to the side and it pairs and it does all the things and it charges. This one you have to like it sends a pairing request when you connect it and you have yes. to like select pair and then do all the things and then it has to charge and so very different experience. But yes, I do have one. I have one of the adapter. It looks ridiculous, but yes, I have one.
0: Well, and that's, that's interesting because I saw the adapter and I didn't even talk about this on Friday's episode because I kind of assumed the adapter would just let you hang the pencil off like before because when you have the first generation apple pencil it's got the lightning connector on the back you just stick it in and then it looks like you have a spear sticking out of your ipad you could injure someone very easily yes and so i guess i assumed the adapter would just let you do that but with the adapter in the middle where USB-C would plug into the ipad and then the lightning female connector would take the pencil in and you could still have your spear but so you need a cable to do that now
1: yeah so the adapter is not It's female to female. And so you don't plug the adapter into the iPad, you plug a USB-C cable into the iPad and then you plug it into one end of the adapter and then you plug the lightning (laughs) jack that's on the end of it and you plug it into the other end of the adapter and there you go.
0: Jason, this is crazier than I realized. I did not realize. So basically, even if you get, you get a brand new iPad 10th generation, you buy a new first generation Apple Pencil, which comes with this new adapter. So if you get a pencil today, I believe it comes with the USB-C to lightning, both female adapters, but you actually cannot charge the pencil with the iPad in any way. Like you, you literally need another cable. Does the iPad come with a USB-C cable?
1: Yes, it did come with a USB-C to USB-C cable. So you could okay, use okay. that if you bought the Apple pencil, but it is kind of wild. And I don't think, I mean, I'm, I was looking to try to, find out but i don't think apple is making two of these versions of these adapters i think that this is it but i had heard first impressions from other people on podcasts talking about uh, this was before anyone had had anything to review just hey did you see the adapter it's like this you know two meter long cable and i'm like i opened the box and i'm thinking where did they put the cable in that tiny little box i don't understand but it does come in a completely separate box it's not in with the apple pencil it's a separate it's a separate thing that at least for the review units, was th- that's how they sent it.
0: Well, What's interesting is the, the first-generation Apple Pencil, it actually did come with a female-to-female adapter before also, but it was just lightning the lightning. So if you wanted to charge your first-generation Apple Pencil with a cable, you could, and that was in the box. You can put that adapter on the back of your Apple Pencil, and then you plug a lightning cable into it and you would charge it. This is a weird question. If you've never used a first-generation Apple Pencil, you don't have this, but I'll be curious if you can go USB-C cable out of the iPad, With a lightning on the other end the usb-c to lightning cable and then plug it into that old style lightning the lightning female to charge the apple pencil i guess that would work what i don't know
1: is if you you may not be able to pair it that way i I don't know why i would say that but i feel like it's i don't know (laughs) i will tell you i did i did you're welcome try to plug the usb-c cable into an ipad pro to see if I could pair the Apple Pencil, and it won't, it's like not not supported. It won't do it. It's like, no, get that thing out of here. What are you talking about? We made (laughs) a special one just for this device. You cannot use that antique thing.
0: Did you also get the, the Magic Smart Folio keyboard case?
1: Yes, which is the best thing that Apple has made for an iPad in quite a while.
0: Okay, so let's talk about that because this thing, I like how it looks, it has function row keys, which I wish the Magic Keyboard did. But it really looks like it's not lappable. Like using it in your lap would be a challenge. How is that?
1: So it is less lappable. I can't believe I'm using that word. It is less lappable than a magic keyboard, right? Than the big thing. But it is more lappable than the Smart Folio keyboard. I think that's the right name. So it's kind of in between the two. Although I, I I would argue that on that last point, it's a little bit more balanced if you have a long enough lap. Where you can put the kickstand <laughs> out onto your leg, if that makes sense. I would try to do it right now while we're talking, but that's going to be a really bad podcast moment. So I'll see. Yeah,
0: that. no, no, that's fine. We'll leave it for the YouTubers. But the the Magic Keyboard Folio, that's the official name. It's 250 bucks. I do like that you can remove the tablet part, leave the keyboard behind, and you still have something on the back with the kickstand. I assume it's like infinite adjustment. Like, can you lean it back pretty far?
1: Oh yeah, it's like a surface basically. Like yeah, yeah. I don't know if you're familiar with the Surface tablets, yeah. where you can just yep it. It'll probably go. Let's see. You can kick it up to maybe eighty five degrees if you're staring at the back of it, so it's not infinite, but you can, which would put the iPad at
0: like the hundred and twenty degree angle. Y-
1: yes, it's so it's not infinite, but there is more, you know, room than even the Magic Keyboard for that matter. So,
0: so in your review, you said. This is, let me, I'm going to pull, let me get the exact quote here because I find this interesting. I want to talk about the camera at length, but the camera I think is more connected to the iPad pro conversation, which is like, why? But you said this iPad 10th generation is for most people, the iPad they should buy. And I felt like we talked about this on Friday with this weird Apple pencil situation and the M1 iPad air only being, I say only, but it's $150 difference between this iPad and the iPad Air and you get Apple Pencil 2 support you get a better screen and you get the ability to use the Magic Keyboard if you want which I almost don't know if that's a benefit because this new Magic Folio Keyboard is pretty nice like do you feel like this it is a better for people to save the $150 and get this weird Apple Pencil situation with this iPad or should people consider the iPad Air upgrade okay
1: so you have to do a little bit of deducing here because I think it, it's tough when you, you can't unknow the things that you already know. And people who listen to the Apple Insider podcast are no offense, but they're not normal Apple consumers.
0: They're, they're better than normal people, I'll agree. They are a
1: hundred percent better than normal people. <laughs> that's right. But they are much more sophisticated. Sure. That's why. And that's great. Yeah. But, you know, there are what, one point five IOS one point five billion IOS devices, some more than that in the yeah. world In and I, I've never seen the Apple Insider Podcast numbers, but I don't think you get quite that many downloads. It's a
0: little less. Just a right. So
1: So what I'm trying to say, though, is for most people, I would be dramatically, like astronomically surprised if they're using an Apple Pencil at all. And the reason I think that that's true is that Apple put the worst Apple Pencil it's ever made <laughs> with this new device, right? I think that if a lot of people were using the Apple Pencil on this device, then they would have figured out a different way to do this unless they purely wanted it for like the upsell, which I don't know, maybe that's the case. But I don't think that a lot of people who are buying a sub $500 iPad could care even remotely less about the Apple Pencil.
0: So the original Apple Pencil launched September 2015. It is now seven years old. And I guess my question would be, why didn't they, after seven years, A, put USB-C on the back? I understand the $329 iPad is still out there with lightning. Education is probably still going to buy that cheap one, which I also feel like is unfortunate, but either make a, they can't call it the second generation, which is weird. I feel like they kind of painted themselves in a corner calling the second generation Apple Pencil what they did, but I feel like they should have either put USB-C on the first generation or made new Apple Pencils. Maybe get away from distinguishing them by first and second generation and just call it like, Apple Pencil and Apple Pencil Pro with USB-C, and then I don't know what I mean. Do you think they should have done that?
1: I do have a lot of feelings about the Apple Pencils, and that I think that Apple took maybe the easy way out by not redesigning them. But I do also think that maybe that's an indication that they just did the math and said there's not enough people that will care enough for us to put that much effort into it. Mm. But I do think you touched on an important point: the fact that Apple is still selling the ninth generation iPad tells me. I mean, I have we have four young children all of whom at one point in their life have had an iPad you know with a home button come home from school right. i think that the primary purchaser of those are either parents with young children or schools and if you think about the number of those that are still in circulation and they all have lightning ports yeah. and how and how often do you think that the protrusion of a apple pencil gets snapped off right like and they end up having to replace those things so i feel like they they had to have a lightning yeah. option still in the line out lineup and that's the only reason they're still selling that device for whatever
0: three twenty nine. and education is 299 which is under and I, and I mentioned on friday's episode i have a friend who works in a public school district doing the ipad and it stuff he's literally has like hundreds of ipads he deals with but they're also all like three years old yep and that was one of my like consternations. Like I feel like a year from now, I wonder what you think, that this 329 model will disappear. The new 10th generation will go down to 399 Education will be 349 pricing, and that'll just be the base model iPad. And we finally move to USB-C and schools will move like four years after that. But because that 329 model is still there, that's what schools will still buy. And it's just going to perpetuate the need for Lightning and so I, I understand why that the first generation pencil is still there and what it's doing. But I don't know. I feel like they, Apple had an opportunity to kind of move the needle a little bit towards USB-C, which they did with the Apple TV remote, <laughs> and the base model iPad, but not this. So I mean, I don't know. I mean, are we like one year away maybe from losing lightning on that?
1: I mean, which your friend probably doesn't have hundreds of Apple TV remotes laying around like they have <laughs> the iPad. But if true. you think about it, it, I mean, it's an interesting point Like that we as consumers, uh, especially consumers of the devices that you and I use on a daily basis. We don't think about this, but that base model, that truly base model, 329 iPad, is is an education t- device. And so yeah. is the M1 MacBook Air. Right. The 13-inch MacBook Pro is right. a corporate device that people, they, they keep those things around not just because they're lazy, and they it's because they have a huge audience for those devices, it's just not us
0: right okay so it's gonna be around for a while so i mean overall i mean you've been using this for a few days compared to other base model ipads how is the experience just using it
1: it would be easy to think you're using an ipad air right right? it's it's easy to just use it and i mean it has the a14 bionic which it's the most powerful tablet you can buy that is not also an ipad is what i meant to say
0: the ipad mini has the same processor right they're both a15 now
1: no this is the a14 bionic
0: was a14 oh so the ipad mini is a15
1: Yeah, and so does the Apple TV for whatever reason.
0: (laughs) I mean, (laughs) I'm glad they update that because, I mean, I don't know. I wanted to make sure my Dolby Atmos is pumping the right way. But
1: if you think about it, they're still selling the iPhone 12, right, which is the A14. And so they've just got to keep making those. They might as well stick them in this iPad. And it's a pretty pretty decent upgrade. But, I mean, we were using the iPhone 12 two years ago, and it was the most powerful smartphone you can buy. Like this, there's nothing inadequate about this iPad. The only thing I, and you can probably relate to this, that it kind of struck me at first that I didn't anticipate is that the base iPad doesn't have the more space option in the display like the pros do. And so everything looks like comically large, large huh. to me <laughs> it's kind of a weird thing and if it has it i haven't i haven't found it anywhere but i've looked in the place that it is on the other devices and it's just not there so so the things do kind of look a little bit funny to me but other than that there's nothing about this that is slow it it's capable of doing anything that someone who would be buying this device they're going to be thrilled with it
0: is the non laminated and non p3 display noticeably different from the iPad air m1
1: for people who know what those words mean, maybe.
0: <laughs> sure.
1: If they're comparing right. them, it's it's kind of like the display resolution that I or the scaling that I just mentioned. If you're used to using that on an iPad Pro, for example, and you start using this, it's going to be like, "Oh, that's different." But honestly, no one is going to look at this and be like, "Oh, that display is terrible." Yeah. yeah. Is it is is it as high quality? No. But do you honestly think that most people who are buying an iPad understand what laminated display even means? That's <laughs> They have have no idea. I take your
0: point. I take your point. But if, so if you were like, you have multiple children, I have multiple children in, in that age bracket between like 10 and 13 or so, if you were buying a new iPad, not a refurbished one, which I think there's a whole argument to say, like get a refurb iPad air M one, and it might be a better value maybe, but like for your own kids, would you get this one or would you get them the iPad air?
1: I would definitely get them this one. Really? Our our boys currently use one of them uses the the non M one iPad Air, so the last version before that that still had a home button. And the other one uses an original iPad Air. I don't even know how old it is, but it still plays Minecraft, and that's all it cares about. Um, <laughs> <Fair. clears throat> so this would be a <laughs> an, a huge upgrade for them, and they would be able to play all the Minecraft that they could ever Minecraft on this device.
0: Right, right, okay. And they don't care about the Apple Pencil so much.
1: Yeah, they. I mean the. They wouldn't be able to tell you what this is called. It's like the white thing dad uses when he's pointing at his screen.
0: <laughs> it's a pointing device.
1: They would be really entertained if I could use it connected with to this adapter. They'd think, what is dad doing?
0: <laughs> right, <laughs> like a weird thing.
1: He's apparently signing his mortgage. I don't know.
0: <laughs> so the big change also, and we will connect this then to the iPad Pro, is the front-facing camera moved to the landscape long side of the iPad, which most of the time I feel like Most people use an iPad in landscape, horizontal, and the camera being in that middle of the horizontal long side makes more sense. If you're using it in a Magic Keyboard, this new Magic Keyboard folio, like, it belongs there. And so before we rant about the iPad's non-changed placement, do you find having it there in the middle of the iPad actually makes an improved experience when you use the camera? Oh, yes. (laughs) Yes. It is...
1: It is where the camera belongs on these devices. I think there are two types of iPads. There are iPads you should use in landscape orientation. And then there's the iPad mini when you're reading a book and you hold it the other way. Like, that's it. That's the only device. The iPad mini is the only iPad where it is acceptable for any length of time to hold the device in portrait orientation. And so, it's ridiculous that the camera continues to be in the spot that it is in. And so... If you're using FaceTime, if you're using Zoom, like I, I think that maybe what happened is that Apple looked at whatever the telemetrics and said, "Well, not very many people are using Zoom on iPad, so we don't really have to move the camera." And I'm like, "But ex- there's a reason no one is using Zoom on their iPad because the camera makes it. I mean, it's like looking at my nose. Like, why is it over there? And that, and if it's I look, angle. and if I look at at anyone on the screen, people think like, why is he not paying attention?"
0: It is. It is noticeably, yeah. So when, so in the current placement on the new 10th gen iPad. It's improved. Like the whole experience. Yeah. It's
1: where it's supposed to be. It it makes perfect sense. You can you can look at your display and be looking at the camera at the same time. It's good for FaceTime. It, it does have center stage still, which. I feel like the reason they introduced center stage was to make up for the fact that the camera is in the wrong spot. And but it, here you get both of those things. You get center stage, right. which, to be honest, is still useful if you are setting an iPad on a desk or something and you have a couple people sure, sure talking to grandma on a FaceTime call or whatever. Uh, it it still makes a lot of sense, but it is it's where the camera is supposed to be finally.
0: This episode is brought to you by iMazing. iMazing is the Swiss Army knife of iOS device management for Mac and Windows that delivers unparalleled access to features and capabilities that Apple doesn't provide. iMazing gives you powerful local backup solutions for iPhone and iPad, including support for time machine-like snapshots and automatic backups over Wi-Fi. Amazing lets you effortlessly transfer music between your iOS device and computer without limitation. That's a big deal. And it's the best way to move files from your computer to your iPhone or iPad with quick transfer. And that's a free feature of iMazing. One click drag and drop is all it takes to get any file into any iOS supported app on your device. Plus you can even browse and export iPhone messages or WhatsApp conversations to a PDF, Excel, or plain text for safekeeping or compliance purposes. I've used iMazing many times, especially when dealing with older devices, trying to help friends and family get some data off of those devices. Maybe it's like completely full of storage and you can't even update the software. iMazing is a great tool for that. Plus there's advanced tools for geeks and developers like extract log files, view the device's real-time console, open and browse system files and app sandboxes, and a ton more. iMazing is constantly updated with new features crafted in Switzerland by Apple fans who enjoy supporting the latest iOS, iPadOS, and macOS features. Try it free and learn more at iMazing.com. That link is also in the show notes. Learn more and try it for free at iAmazing. the letter I, M-A-Z-I-N-G, iMazing.com. Our thanks to iAmazing for sponsoring this episode and our friends at Collide. If you're considering a third-party audit like SOC2, then you should be prepared to answer some tough questions about endpoint security. Auditors want to know that you have a system in place to monitor and maintain compliance across your fleet which means showing that your employees are using things like disk encryption, screen lock, and password managers. If you're not quite sure how to go about doing that, you need to try Collide. Collide is endpoint security for Mac, Windows, and Linux devices that does things mobile device managers can't and gives you the visibility you need For third-party and internal compliance goals best of all collide doesn't resort to surveilling employees or locking down devices instead it works with end users to resolve issues and relies on their cooperation and informed consent that's a big deal a lot of times employees at a company might feel like they don't have the full use of their devices because mdms have locked down features well, don't do that. You can use Collide. They send Slack messages directly to employees, giving them instructions on how to comply and better practices for privacy and security. So meet your security goals, pass your audit without compromising on privacy. Visit Collide.com slash Apple Insider to find out how. And if you follow that link, they'll hook you up with a goodie bag just for activating a free trial. That's K-O-L-I-D-E dot com Apple Insider collide.com slash Insider. The link is also in the show notes. Our thanks to Collide for sponsoring this episode.
1: But I want to say one more thing about the 10th gen iPad, oh, sure, sure, specifically sure. the Magic Keyboard Folio. Yeah, I was surprised by this. One of the things I thought was going to be very appealing about this would be I stopped using my Magic Keyboard with my 11 inch iPad Pro. Hmm. I love the Magic Keyboard, but it is heavier than my macbook air when it i stick heavy. it on it's my very, ipad pro yeah. and so i thought this is great then now they've reduced a lower profile case i don't know why they didn't make it for all of the devices but yay but when you compare an ipad 10th gen with this folio to an ipad pro with the magic keyboard it's actually thicker than the ipad pro with the magic keyboard it is not a lot but it is actually thicker and if you think about it the keyboard itself part is probably the same right? And the then the backing is a little bit thicker because it's got a kickstand. The only difference is I think I did not do the math. It feels heavier, but it feels a little bit less dense. And I think that's because it, the hinge is obviously very different, right? There's no charging in the hinge. It's literally just the smart connector magnets and a piece of rubber. Um, so that I think it loses some of that weight there, but I will tell you that, you know, it's great that the keyboard comes off of it, but I don't think you'd want to sit and hold the iPad with the back case for very long because it's probably 50% of the weight of the iPad.
0: So it is, but is it lighter? Is the Magic Keyboard Folio lighter than the Magic Keyboard?
1: I think it's pretty darn close. If it is any lighter, I should have done them. I should have weighed the two. <laughs> if it, I'm doing the, like, the, the thing that doesn't Folies actually work where you hold them hand. in one hand. Yeah, and yeah. it doesn't work. But I, I would say that they feel almost the same. But it, it doesn't feel much lighter if it is.
0: There is this funny page now where I'll put this in the show notes, but it's select iPad keyboard page and it shows the Magic Keyboard Folio, top left, That's the new product. Its compatibility is exactly one iPad, (laughs) the 10th generation. Yep. The Magic Keyboard. And I guess, this never hit me, but I guess the moniker Magic equals trackpad. If something is magic, it has a trackpad. Unless it's the Magic Mouse, but we won't go there. Trackpads are Trackpads are magic.
1: I mean, Apple's trackpads are really good
0: though. They're incredible. No, I love it. But then you have the Magic Keyboard, which is the floating iPad, and that's available for iPad Pro and iPad Air. And then you have the Smart Keyboard, which is for the 10.5-inch iPad Pro from years ago, the old iPad Air, and everything up to the ninth generation iPad. And then you have the Smart Keyboard Folio, which is for the iPad Pro newer generations and the iPad Air newer. So if you want something without a trackpad, you can get the Smart Keyboard Folio. But if you want with trackpad, it's a little confusing. I'm not sure what Folio. If you
1: want the magic, yeah, you, you have to pay more. If you want the magic, pay
0: more for magic, which equals trackpad.
1: And really, the only difference between the Smart Keyboard and the Smart Keyboard Folio, if I remember, is that the Smart Keyboard did not cover the entire back, and it was the one that you had to like do an origami, you yeah, know, goose sweet. or something or swan in order to get the keyboard to come out from the other side of the device.
0: <laughs> I do remember that. I really did used to like. I think it's the Smart Keyboard Folio. Mm-hmm which was basically the keyboard without the trackpad. I used it with my iPad Pro, but it was so light and thin. And the keyboard, you know, it was that like weird material. The keys weren't really like separate, you know, and so it it did feel kind of mushy sometimes. But I loved how light and thin it was, and it never felt cumbersome. And now, you know, people have been asking me, I'd be curious your thoughts, like, I want to buy an iPad. I want to get a Pro or maybe an Air. Like, what should I get? And when I think about the 12.9 inch iPad Pro with a Magic Keyboard, I have to tell people like, I think twice about taking it with me. Like when I had an 11 inch with the Folio keyboard, I took it everywhere. I took it to coffee shops, you know, I took it traveling, whatever, like use it in the cars. I wait for the kids rehearsal, like whatever, like I would use it everywhere. But the 12.9 inch with Magic Keyboard, I feel like it's the same decision as do I want to bring my laptop, which is the point, like it's supposed to be a laptop replacement, but it's so it's heavy it feels thicker than my 14-inch MacBook Pro and then i have the thought do i just take my 14-inch MacBook Pro and leave the iPad Pro behind with the magic keyboard because right. it's so heavy and weird like i feel like it is a it is a if someone was going to get one iPad to rule them all and didn't have multiple sizes they're just getting one they have the funds they might want they want to get like a pro model which do you recommend people get in that situation, in light of all these new iPads,
1: I do just have to say I really like that callback because the very first episode of Apple Insider we talked about Mordor. I don't know if you remember oh. that, but we did have a Lord of the Rings reference then, and very just good. that was fantastic. Okay, yeah, that was a I, I did Thank mention you. though that I stopped using the Magic Keyboard with my iPad Pro. Right, I use the Smart Folio keyboard. Oh. That's what I use most of the time with it. I also have the Just Smart Folio, which is what you would think it's the Smart Folio, but without the keyboard, right? It's the exact same form factor. It just doesn't have buttons on the part that goes across the screen when you fold it out. Um, And if I'm going to take my iPad somewhere where it's going to be in my backpack, then I will just take it with the Smart Folio keyboard because then I can pull it out and I can still use it. Yeah. And on an airplane, that's compact enough that you can actually still type and you can still work. And right. I mean it's gonna be close enough that I can just touch the screen. You know, It has a touch screen, so I don't actually need the trackpad sometimes. I can just, you know, touch the screen and so that yeah. works great. It works that way but, too. <laughs> yeah. And but at home I'll use the magic keyboard, but it's but the magic keyboard is like an accessory I go get out of a drawer because I have a specific use case for it. It's it's just not a portable thing for me anymore. Yeah. And the review unit I have is a 12.9 with the Magic Keyboard, and like that won't even leave my desk. Forget it. It's, I'm not carrying that around.
0: You know what? You have me thinking now. I wonder if I want to get that folio for my 12.9-inch M2 iPad Pro that I have coming on Wednesday. <laughs> because I do miss how thin and light that was. And it prevents me, like the Magic Keyboard itself sometimes prevents me from bringing it because it's just cumbersome. So the other new device, we have the M2 iPad Pro. The updates are pretty minimal again, we talked about it on Friday, like the Apple Pencil Hover, the new M2 chip, better camera video recording. I don't think I have ever recorded video on my iPad Pro. I've taken like two pictures. You should not. Yeah, you should not. <laughs> yeah. Although Apple had like this amazing contraption in their like announcement video showing an iPad Pro in this like rig and they're using like cinematic. whatever. I don't know about that. Like I, I don't think anybody does that. No. The camera on the iPad Pro notably did not change. And now there's, there's lots of reasons supposedly number one the apple pencil second generation charges there and so there has to be magnets there has to be a way to charge the apple pencil there and so if the camera is there then the magnets and charging can't be there i feel like apple's pretty good at hardware design i feel like they probably could find another solution we talked about a couple options friday like maybe put it on the other longs like maybe charge the apple pencil on the bottom edge and redesign the magic keyboard slightly so when you close it it affords a pencil in there maybe some other like indention or divot on that other side. So, and and listen, third-party case manufacturers are going to accommodate whatever Apple does. So Apple doesn't have to worry about that. But I mean, what do you think they should have done? Because the camera didn't move and it belongs on the long side.
1: I think that Apple makes the iPad and Apple makes the magic, I mean, the Apple Pencil. And so if they really wanted to solve this problem that they could have, and they didn't. So that tells me one of two things. One, that they were just, they didn't want to change that many things right? Because, I mean, they made a decision, right? Product design is all about decisions, and they made a decision about what they felt like was the most important. And I think, and I have asked Apple this, I really haven't gotten an answer, but I think, so I'm working off some assumptions that on the pro iPads, and I guess this would be true of the iPad Air because you can use the Magic Pencil. However, we really can't say that for sure because the iPad Air hasn't been updated since, you know, the last time it was updated. But I think that in their minds, Apple believes that more people... Who are using pro iPads care about the pencil than they do about where the camera is. That might be true. Mm. I have no idea. But I think that they could have solved this, especially on the 12.9, because I can actually attach the Apple Pencil to the 12.9 like and align it with one end of the long side. Right. Because there's more than one magnet up there already. Right. So they but I think what would have had to happen is in order to do that, they would have had to have the Apple Pencil three. And they just weren't ready to do that because I don't think that they felt like enough people cared. I personally think it's absurd (laughs) that the device that has pro in the name (laughs) has a worse front facing camera than basically the, it's not technically the entry level model, but it basically is the least expensive, you know, new iPad that you can buy. So I I think that's kind of, I think they made the wrong choice.
0: Uh, Yeah. And and I agree. I think, Pro users probably do care more about the pencil than camera placement, but that's not to say that no one cares about the camera placement because there are times, especially when zoom was being real, zoom was being real shady with like kernel installation and stuff. They, they, they've updated and they've changed their practices on how they install on a Mac. But there was a time there where I was like, you know what? I'm just going to use zoom on my iPad because it's sandboxed and I don't have to worry about any of that weird stuff. But whenever I would use it on my iPad, the camera was weird. And so even if you only use it a few times a year, it would be nice to have a good experience of the camera in the middle. And like I said Friday, Apple is pretty good at hardware engineering and design. Like they could probably solve it. Now, Wes thinks that maybe a future Apple Pencil will remove the magnetic wireless charging and go back to some kind of port and then Apple will move the camera then. I feel like there's probably a better option, like the bottom edge and accommodate it with a different kind of case. I mean, what do you think the long-term plan might be for Apple to do that.
1: I'm not an engineer, but I think they could have solved this pretty easily if they thought it was a high enough priority. And just to be honest, um, well, you know, my article basically was that there's a glaring problem that existed in the past and that they didn't solve that problem. But my the thing about it to me that makes it such a glaring problem is not that the camera's still in the wrong spot, but that Apple could have solved it, but but just didn't because they didn't think it was a high enough priority, right? To me, that actually is a bigger thing because I feel like they made a decision to keep the experience. And if they hadn't moved it on the other iPad, it probably wouldn't seem like such a big deal. Right. But they've clearly acknowledged that the place where this camera belongs is on the long side. They like you know how I how we know? Because they moved it on one of the iPads <laughs> and they called it the landscape <laughs> right ultra wide camera. Like they gave it a name. It's a it's an actual thing. And when you look at the MacBook Pro, when you look at the iPhone Pro, the Pro has always meant you get all of the best features. There are no features on the iPhone that you don't get on the iPhone Pro. Right? Right. There are no features on the MacBook Air that you don't get in the MacBook Pro. Technically, the MacBook Air has the M2, but we all know that like it's coming because they were updated at different yeah. times. Apple would never update the MacBook Pro and give it less than what the MacBook Air has. And so the iPad Pro just got updated at the same time as the non-Pro iPad, and the non-Pro got a better feature than the iPad Pro got. And I think that, to me, just it doesn't make any sense. I think that the way they solve this is Apple Pencil 3 comes out, sometime next year i don't know i mean the the reason it's a bummer is that the ipad pros seem to be on like an 18 month update cycle which just means we're gonna have to live with this for another year and a half and i'm sure apple will solve it because again they've acknowledged that that's where this camera goes i think that they were just catering to like okay well most people who are doing FaceTime with grandma are buying this ipad so we're just going to fix it on this one right but i really hope that apple pencil and here's the way you can solve it like apple pencil three charges with magsafe like it wouldn't be hard for them to have two magnets that just line it up on the edges of a MagSafe puck and charge it that way. Like you don't have to put please. I hope Wes is wrong. Please don't put a port back on it. Just <laughs> wireless charging is fantastic, but just, yeah, it it, this doesn't seem like it's that hard of a problem. It just was hard enough that it wasn't worth it to Apple for the number of people that they thought would care. It just happens that some of the people who care talk on podcasts and write <laughs> articles and that kind of thing.
0: <laughs> yeah. I also don't hope they go back to a port. I like the wireless charging. I think, I mean, it's, A much cleaner look just for the pencil itself, but just more convenient, you know, to be able to just tap it on the top. And then also I'll go back and forth between my iPad mini and my iPad pro. And it's really convenient. Just uh, tap the pencil on the side and let it connect for a second. And now it's paired with that iPad with a port. I mean, yes, it would still be quick, but I think less convenient. And then you got that weird cap on the end, which my kids have lost innumerable number of caps for the first generation apple pencil.
1: I've already lost one and I've only had this thing for like a day. You know, a week Wait, you lost whatever. one of
0: Apples? Uh,
1: shh. Okay, I'll like... find it. <laughs> There's a UN chip in it, right? I can just make it make noise or something. Oh, I
0: wish. Yeah, I wish. <laughs> so with the M2 chip, you know, this is not a very updated iPad Pro, even after 18 months. The last one was the M1. It came out April 2021. I, I bought that on launch and Now it's about 18 months later, M2, besides the Apple Pencil Hover, have you got a chance to try that at all? Any apps that support it?
1: Yeah, I mean, I spent most of the time just using the Notes app. Um, Procreate also supports it. it, and it is actually useful. I thought it was kind of a gimmick, but it is kind of useful. In Procreate, one of the ways that it's most useful is that when you have the iPad in the hover state, it will show you your brush or your pen and and it'll show you both, you know, the, the diameter and the opacity. And traditionally the way that you would change those things is you'd have to go over to the sliders on the left-hand side. But when you have the iPad in hover mode, you can actually just pinch to change the size or move your finger up and down. So it's kind of like a double finger, you know, gesture that you can use one, one of those fingers just happens to be the Apple pencil at that point. So that's a really unique thing that goes just beyond the hover the thing that I couldn't quite get Apple to talk about is why the older versions couldn't do this because they do actually have a hover text. There's an accessibility feature with the Apple pencil that does something similar with text, um, where you can hold it over the text. And so clearly there is some proximity sensing that's already happening. And so I'm not, I don't know. There's probably some kind of a technical imitation that's what they always say um but i would love to see that on i mean it's the same apple pencil and it's like as we said it's basically the same i I can't imagine they put something different in there's no new display layer come on like
0: that's what i'm saying yeah there's no new sensors in the display so it seems weird that the m2 would be the deciding factor for a hover state like it doesn't seem like it'd be super processor intensive
1: no and i mean there is the graphics is the biggest improvement according to apple i mean i don't do anything on an iPad to to confirm that i'm sure i'll just take their word for it that the graphics of the m2 over the m1 is the biggest improvement but this is not a graphics intensive thing that they're doing
0: gotcha now you said in your interview the m2 is at times a noticeably improved speed experience over the m1 where did you see that kind of play out
1: and this was a hard thing for me at first to like, quantify because you know, anytime you use a brand new device, you're like, Wow, everything just feels really snappy. This is like wonderful. I'm opening my oh, photos dude. app and everything <laughs> is there. But I did do, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not like somebody who does the benchmarks, in depth like- testing <laughs> benchmarks and stuff. But here's the workflow I do all the time I take a ton of photos, either uh, you know, with my camera, meaning my iPhone, or with. I've got a Nikon mirrorless camera and I shoot raw. Those are all huge files. I, I loved actually editing them on the iPad because I just connect the uh, SD dongle to it, load them all into Lightroom. It's great because I can use the Apple Pencil not the old one, the new one, or the, no, I guess they're both old ones at this point, but the less old yeah, one. Yeah, they're both,
0: yeah. 2018. I mean, it's four years yeah. old too. And
1: so applying applying those types of changes felt faster. And to me, if something, since it's something I do all the time, if it feels faster, like I give it that credit. I, I I can't quantify that in terms of a measurement, which is why in my review, I put like, if this is something that matters to you, speed, processing power, then you will notice it. Like there are a lot of things we can notice and especially for exporting uh, those files again, I didn't time it, but it's like stuff that I'm like, Oh, this is taking a minute. And then like, Oh, it's done. Right. And so it was, it's, it was more of a feel type thing. Like I'm, it's very unscientific for me, but it's like real world. I think that that's more useful though for people because very few people actually care. We had this problem with when they introduced the M two, you know, MacBook airs where people are like benchmarking things and we're like, no one actually cares about this in real world use. So what are we actually talking about here? But if it, if the experience is actually better, because of it, then I want to just kind of call that out. And my experience, especially with things like photo, and the reason I throw that out there is, even though many most users may not be shooting 48 megapixel RAW on an you know mirrorless DSLR type yeah. style camera, and then importing them from an SD card they do shoot lots of photos with their iPhone. So anything that you can do better in Lightroom is gonna just be better in your Photos app. And sharing them and doing that kind of stuff just seem to work a lot quicker. One of the challenges that I sometimes have is moving things between like Dropbox and iCloud or the on the device files, or taking things from the Photos app and moving them to Drop, like those types of things always seem to take a little longer than they should on the iPad and on the M2 version. I just felt like, wow, this like it's all just working. So I know it's not very scientific, but
0: no, 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 it's good. I'm curious. We haven't talked about this because we haven't talked since last year. But, you know, uh, what do you think or feel about stage manager? Yeah. And how is that playing out on the M2? Yeah. So
1: I will say that it, it is better on the M2, but the caveat for me there is I'm using a 12.9 inch M2 and it's much better on the 12.9 inch iPad than it is on the 11 inch right. iPad. Yeah. Because the the drawback for using stage manager is that there's all this extra UI around your content or around your, the thing you're actually doing, but you have more space for that on the M2. I do feel like it, the, the windows resized a little bit less chaotically on the m2 but again Mm. i want to be careful about like that's why i didn't include much about i wrote about stage manager recently and i didn't include much of that in this review because there was like i couldn't do a controlled a to a type yeah experiment with this because also like well i don't even i didn't even look but what is this device even running (laughs) right is it running the same version is it it's got to be running the production you know the sixteen the release version yeah Yeah, it's got to be running the release version and so you know is that and i wasn't running I had not I had stopped updating the betas at this point on my iPad because it just would start making me more mad. So
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, okay. I mean I got one. And like I said Friday, it was more so because my wife is using an iPad Pro from like five, six years ago, I'm not sure. And so I'm she's gonna get my M1 twelve point nine inch. I'm gonna get the new M2. I like our listeners know maybe they don't, but I edit all my podcasts on iPad. I'm hoping to see some slight difference in M2 speeds maybe just like exporting or saving the mp3 files sometimes doing live effects like compressor and equalizer can be processor intensive so that'd be nice and ferrite the app that i use the developer's name is canis the company is Wooji Juice. he's gonna try and support the hover thing he says there might be some already and i guess that would be another question for you were there any apps that were able to take advantage of the hover without like specific updates or do you really have to have you know like, kind of a built into whatever app
1: First, I just want to call. It, you just wanted to say Wooji Juice, so it's a really good name. Good I, I, I give you credit for that. That's good. But as you were talking, I was not paying attention because I got stuck on Wooji Juice. But I, I was just like moving the uh, Apple Pencil around, around the interface, around the just around the screen and <laughs> hovering to see what 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 happens. Is there anything that'll right. do anything? And so, for example, if you just hover over the dock, it. it animates the icons your app icons and it's almost like the, the magnify yeah it's like the magnify on the dock on a mac which everyone apparently hates but you can it, it it just does that not 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 a lot but it does it i kept holding it there thinking maybe if i hold it long enough it'll give me like open
0: like the contextual yeah.
1: manual but it doesn't it doesn't do that but like it's not a native thing i think the developers have to add support for it like i'm in fo- right. i'm in lightroom right now and like nothing happens. it's right. not doing anything and even if i go to even if i go to the brushes Um, there's no hover happening with the brush, you know, in advance of me doing it. So it's something that the developers actually have to add.
0: Is there anything besides notes where you found hover was like useful in Apple's first party apps?
1: Not at this point. I think, I mean, notes is the most obvious place to use your Apple pencil for something other than pointing and tapping, right? Like right. everything else, if you're using it, it's because you don't have a mouse and you're just, you're too lazy to, you know, stretch your finger two more inches. Cause you still have to hold your hand up. Wow. There. wow. I don't know. Like, I don't know. <laughs> it's not like a super useful thing unless you're actually drawing, um, or hand or
0: writing or editing podcast, Jason editing podcasts. It's amazing. You
1: know, that's true. I've, I've been using ferrite more. Mm. And um, mm-hmm. so I would agree with you on that. That's a super niche <laughs> application. For I sure. think, especially for, sure. for someone doing it on an iPad mini, I can see why you need it on an iPad mini. Cause I can't touch anything on that. My fingers are so fat that it just happened to hit everything. <laughs> if I tried to edit a podcast, it would just be a big jump. I might as well have like an easy button and just be like, you just decide what to do.
0: Well, <laughs> well, the thing, my constant, my I'm torn. Cause I like the iPad mini for its lightness and like, palm ability. Earlier we had lap ability. I'm yeah. talking like palm ability because I can't edit a podcast with the iPad on a stand or in the magic keyboard because then my hand is like,
1: yep, up in the air, you know,
0: elevated and doing that. You know, it's like Steve Jobs said, no one wants to hold their hand up and touch a screen. Yeah. So I, I don't want to do that. So I need to hold the iPad to edit, but holding the 12.9 inch iPad, even though it's a beautiful screen with Pro Motion, and I can see every detail of the waveform as I'm editing, like I get like, strain, you know, in my hand as I'm trying to hold it, which the iPad mini, I can barely feel that I'm holding it. It's so light. And so basically what I want is the impossible product of the beautiful 12.9 inch XDR mini LED display with ProMotion with the lightness and size of the iPad mini. That's all I want.
1: Do you find that ProMotion and XDR mini LED displays are really helpful in editing audio podcasts?
0: Well, I know it's slightly (laughs) tongue in cheek, but ProMotion, actually, I do notice it because when I go on my iPad mini, I don't know if you've ever watched like my editing live videos, like I have like one of them up, but I'll scroll very quickly back and forth because I edit as it plays. And so I'm like, like swiping over farther in the track and deleting things before the playhead even gets there. And so like I'm moving back and forth pretty quickly. And on the iPad mini, it can be a little jarring because it's just a blur and my eyes can't really track it as much. But on the iPad Pro with ProMotion, when I do that swiping back and forth, there is not as much blur because it is, you know, tracking more like you know, 120 hertz. And I do prefer it visually when I'm doing that kind of editing, obviously for color and stuff. I mean, I noticed that in Lightroom because I'll edit a photo every once in a while when I want to take a picture of my Apple Watch Ultra or something. But, you mm-hmm. know, the color stuff doesn't matter as much for editing podcasts. But I do like the Pro ProMotion and I, that will never come to iPad Mini.
1: If only they made a iPad with ProMotion that was a half pound lighter than the 12.9 inch iPad Pro. well I think they have an 11 inch version. But I'm then you
0: don't say. get the mini LED. And if I Again. want to be a pro, I know, I know. <laughs> <clears throat> and I did edit on the 11 inch. I had the 2018 11 inch iPad Pro all the way up until last year with the XDR mini LED screen. And I got it because I wanted that screen. I wanted the LED. I wanted to see how good it looks. And it looks amazing. It looks incredible. Also, when watching stuff, like just watching a TV show or movie, like it looks amazing. But the 11 inch, I think, was that's why when people ask me now, like, what's one iPad I should buy, I typically say get the 11 inch iPad Pro. Like portability wise, weight. If you're ever going to hold it and do anything with Apple Pencil, I think the 11 inch is a better product for that kind of use case.
1: But I think you're absolutely right. I think I think for a lot of people, probably the iPad Air is still a great option. Yeah. It, it depend. You know, I always ask people like, oh, I'm thinking of getting an iPad. What? what should I get? And I'm like, well, how many hours a day do you expect to use it? I'm just going to occasionally watch Netflix and give it to my kid to play a game. Like then get the base model or the iPad air, right? Like nobody who's doing that should, should spend a thousand dollars on an iPad. But I I agree with you that even my review is like, I have long felt like the 11 inch iPad Pro was one of the best devices that Apple ever made. Yeah. You know, and and it is weird that it's limited in the display compared to the 12.9 inch. I I have no idea what the story is there, but maybe they just felt like it's not big enough to blow your eyeballs out or something like that. I I just, I'm not really sure. (laughs) Maybe the, maybe it doesn't have a big enough battery to support all those extra lit up pixels, but yeah. So I I just, they just got to do something about the camera.
0: Final thoughts. You've had these iPads for a couple days. Any part of the experience using it that stood out or that you want to mention or buying recommendations?
1: Yeah. So I will say, and and I tried to make this point, I I did go on about the camera and I do feel strongly about it, but I will say that the, like what I really wanted to.
0: Your exact title, by the way, you say there's one glaring problem with the new iPad Pro and you are referring to the camera.
1: Yes. And that's my, and I feel like I stand behind that because I, what I wanted to write about this is like nothing has changed about people were giving the iPad pro a hard time because, Hey, look, the base model, you got, got a complete, complete redesign. And I, I sometimes think like, why did you want Apple to redesign this product? That's basically almost perfect, right? What, what did you want? Them, did you just want them to change it because you're bored? And, but the thing is like, that's not a very good business case for completely redesign sure. The same thing happened with the Apple watch, right? Like people wanted flat sides at, Why? Cause I'm bored with my series six or whatever. I'm like, stop. Right most people are still wearing a series three. So like, no, Apple's not catering to that at this point. So the, it is the iPad pro is exact. I mean, you, there's no way you could possibly tell the difference between a 2018 iPad pro in right. and a, and a 2022 iPad. You just would not be able to tell the difference unless you started looking in the settings app for what was inside of it. It's just not, they look the same. And that's great because they did not change any of the things that did not need to be changed. They just missed the one thing that did, right. right? And so I feel like it's actually good that they didn't make a lot of changes. I think that that's important. I don't think Apple should be redesigning its products just for the sake of redesigning them. And it's different than the iPhone, where I, I do think that there is an element in, of Apple's design ethos that says every so often we do need to change the design because we, we need people to buy new iPhones every three years. Sure, that, The iPad yeah. is not that right it is for you and I maybe but it's not that way for most people like I said my son is still rocking an original iPad Air I don't know how old that is it's like what 2012 13 I don't it's old it's old and it works fine for Minecraft as long as he plugs it in after 25 minutes but (laughs) for most people I do think I've never recommended the base iPad before I always recommended the iPad Air yeah I think that that's changed this year I think that the base iPad the 10th generation iPad is a great device. The only thing that annoys me is that the bezels are a little bit thicker. And maybe I don't know, maybe that has something to do with the camera. Maybe that's the other reason they mm. couldn't put the camera there is because the bezel's a little bit thicker on the side. But that's only going to bother somebody who is used to the what Apple likes to call all screen display. Which it's not, <laughs> but that's fine.
0: That is interesting. Yeah. So the original iPad Air came out November 1st, 2013. You're very close. That's pretty good.
1: Yep. And we bought one on November second probably.
0: <laughs> and you know when it comes to the iPad specifically Design wise, it is a big piece of glass that is already very, very thin. And I mean, even 10 years from now, I guess the bezels could go away completely. Although if it's a tablet, you probably want to hold it sometimes. And to hold it, you need some kind of bezel. So you're not tapping the screen, just holding it. So I do think like, yeah, four or five years without a redesign. I mean, aside from making the bezel even smaller, which would give even more reason not to have a camera on the front at all like if there's not enough bezel to put that I don't think just, I don't think under display cameras are going to be around anytime in the next couple of years like yeah it's just that's the design like that it's a big piece of glass
1: it's a big screen yeah i mean look how long it took to redesign the macbook air i i know it's had some incremental changes like when they went to the retina yeah. but it took a very long time very. for the macbook air to have a significant design language change and i don't like it's gonna we're gonna have that for 10 years probably because i don't know what unless they find a way to make it so you can take the thing off and make it like the take the display off or something but then yeah. it's an ipad so i don't i don't know
0: last question because this was a rumor late last week every once in a while people say like oh yeah mac os is gonna come to the ipad i stand by that's balderdash i don't think mac os is ever gonna come to the ipad what do you feel about that
1: i think i don't know if i'd use the word balderdash i like that word though it's (laughs) it's lappable balderdash i don't know but i i would agree i mean i think it would be delightful if you could run macOS on your 12.9 inch ipad pro I, I mean i think that would be like a cool experience i've used a surface and i it's actually a great experience to be honest there are some i mean except for the fact that it runs windows but aside from that it's a great experience compared to running windows on any other device that runs windows yes it's it's just nice to be able to have like the full capabilities i think though that apple very much thinks of the ipad as a just different device that people use to do different things it is not a computer replacement even though i think a lot of people use it as their primary device and when i say a lot of people i do not mean people like you and i i mean like my mom her computer is an ipad air right because she uses it for facetime and email and checking you know going online and buying you know tickets to the you know vienna Christmas market cruise or something like that. Oh, that, that's very that nice. She does; yeah. those are the things that she does with. It, and she doesn't need a MacBook to do that, right? And she saved herself probably five or six hundred dollars. Yeah. And the people, but that's different. Like she's not editing podcasts, and if she was, I guess she could, you know, use Ferrite. But she doesn't need the things that you would use a Mac for.
0: Right.
1: She doesn't need that kind of control over the software. So I would I would agree with you that it's just I don't think it's going to happen, and no. I also don't think it needs to happen.
0: No, I agree. I mean, my only pain point is sometimes when I want to do something on a website like Squarespace to make a change on a website, just the iPad Safari will not do it. Like just Squarespace will not cooperate and weird things like being able to drag and drop certain things. I just, I have to go to a computer. And sometimes those situations, again, very niche cases, they are pro cases. You're supposed to do it on a computer anyways. So, but I even then do not think I wish I had macOS on this or want it. And like your mom, my parents, they had a 2008 MacBook Pro until like a year ago, and they wanted to get a new computer and I said, "Don't get a computer. Get an iPad Pro." I got them cuz I wanted them to have the big screen cuz they like making the text big and having an iPad as their main deal. They can print from it, they can do all the web browsing and bill paying and email checking and photos, and it's way easier. Way less technical issues will arise as opposed to if they had a Mac. Like they're going to have questions, like they're going to have issues with either system preferences or some weird thing in the background like It is just a better experience to have iPad OS on an iPad and use it for their main computer. And there's a lot of people where that also would work.
1: I agree completely. I think I feel like they could solve the problem that you described of Safari doesn't do things by just making Safari better. You don't need Mac OS. There's no reason to put Mac OS on there just to fix Safari, like just just fix Safari. Make it so that if I <laughs> yeah. go to a website, that it behaves the same way it does on a desktop. Like that should not. That's like again, Apple has a lot of really smart people. Yeah, it's just about priority, and so far that that hasn't risen far enough up the you know request stack for them to actually devote enough effort to it. Yeah. Um. But I, But like that's the kind of thing I would love to see. Quote Mac OS apps. Yes. On the iPad, they have more functionality, but you don't, I don't think you actually need macOS to do that.
0: Which I forgot to ask you of all the things DaVinci Resolve is coming to iPad. Yeah. Luma fusion. You have the Adobe suite of apps. Why, why not final cut? Did you ask them about final cut? I did not ask about final cut,
1: but I will say this. I do think that sometimes, I mean, Apple's a very big company. Uh-huh. And it's not like the M2 caught anybody by surprise, <laughs> We have an M1 version, we're updating it. We're not gonna just keep the M1 version and they can't put an M1 Pro or an M1 Max or an no, M1. No, no. That'd be insane. Could you imagine an M1 Ultra in an iPad? <laughs>
0: <laughs> it would need a fan. It would yeah. need
1: an external fan. You'd just have to yeah. stick it in front of your air conditioning vent You just but. get
0: a you get a USB C female to Lightning and then you get a Lightning powered fan. Yeah, band. and you
1: would need an eighteen gauge cable plugged into the wall <laughs> just to keep the thing running. But anyway, <laughs> but that's that's fine. But I, I I just think that inside of Apple, they look at these things very differently than people like you and I who spend a lot of time talking to people who are very similar to us right i think I, and so we think it'd be like amazing to have final cut on an ipad and i think functionally that's possible sure. right i think i think it has the hardware capabilities and i even think that the interse- interface because you can use a mouse like if you can use sure. a keyboard and a mouse you can use final cut so i feel like we look at it and we're like yeah the way they look at it is like all the people who are serious about final cut are doing it on a mac yeah. and all the people who just want to put together videos just use this other stuff that we have on there already so i don't know
0: whatever. yeah, yeah. Well, I'm going to keep complaining about it until they do it. Hopefully one you day. Should. we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Jason, thanks so much for sharing your review with us. We'll put a link to your iPad Pro and iPad 10th generation review in the show notes. You also just rebranded your podcast, the UnDigital podcast. We'll put a link to that as well. Where else would you like to point people? Oh, you can just
1: send me all of the things you disagree with me on Twitter. Just yes. at Jason Ayton. I, yes. I mute them also, but please keep them coming.
0: <laughs> you don't mute me. because No, that's it, true. I, I, try, I try to be... Uh, well, I think you are contrary to me at times. I think that's what happens. I think all the time.
1: <laughs> there are times when I'm like, you know, Stephen and I have never met in person. So I really hope he understands.
0: <laughs> I understand at this I, point. I see a very snarky response and disagreement. I say, yeah, okay, Jason. I see. You. That's fine. <laughs> and one <that's> day they <laughs> will yep. meet like Predator, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and doing the arm wrestle just right in the air.
1: Oh, I get, I'm looking forward to it.
0: All right. Well, thanks so much. Jason we will put links to Jason's Twitter and the review that he did and his podcast in the show notes. Of course, you can follow the Apple Insider show, tweet at myself at Steven Robles. That'll be in the show notes as well. Support the show, get early access in an ad-free version in Apple Podcasts directly or patreon.com slash appleinsider. And a five-star review gets you a shout out at the beginning of the show. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next time.